So how about the idea of a possible Big 12, Pac-12 merger? Yes, apparently that's being discussed. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is our Big 12 site, and you guys are driving record numbers there and on this show, and we greatly appreciate you doing that and being a part of it. So uh, reports came down from The Athletic, and it came down on uh, Tuesday that Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby and new Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov we're meeting to discuss the possibility of a merger of the two conferences or maybe just a, a scheduling alignment, something like that, right? That's what they were supposedly set to talk about. Now, this has been, I thought, from the get-go, a good option for the Big 12 to consider. All right, you've got 12 in the Pac-12. You've got eight left over in the Big 12. So you say to yourself, okay, that makes sense. I mean, 20 teams, not a bad conference. Now, what I would do in a perfect world is let West Virginia go to the ACC. That's where they want to go. Now, this is me speaking as a fan. There's a lot of hurdles. The idea that West Virginia is a slam dunk to the ACC is just not the case. But I'm just speaking as a fan now, talking geographical sense, which I know is not something that is used anymore in college sports, but that's how I'm talking here. Let West Virginia go to the ACC. You've got seven Big 12 schools remaining. And then you add one more to the mix to make a Pac-20 or whatever you want to call it, all right? Whether it's a Boise State, a BYU, whoever it might be. And then you have an East Division and you have a West Division. And your East Division can include the former Big 12 schools, Colorado, who all these schools know from their time in the Big 12, and the two Arizona schools. You got the East and the West. And bing, bam, boom, I just fixed uh, college football for you in about, what did that take me here? Well, not even two minutes into the show, I've completely fixed college football. I mean, it seems so obvious, right? So I understand nothing's obvious and everything's about money. But I'm just saying, I think that would be actually a great idea uh, for the Big 12 teams that are left and for the Big 12 conference in general. And we would obviously, you know, start covering the Pac-20 or whatever you want to call it at that point in time. But there are obviously hurdles here. First off, when you look at the Pac-12, their new commissioner, George Klievkoff, first he said when this all broke, he's like, sure, I'll take anybody's call. Definitely, I'll, I'll take a call. But then at Pac-12 Media Days last week, he was singing a bit of a different tune. He was like, well, we like the fact that we're the only conference that is in the Pacific and Mountain Time Zone, the only power conference with teams in the Mountain and Pacific Time Zone is what he said. His, his exact quote from Pac-12 Media Days, we believe the move by Texas and Oklahoma strengthens our unique position as the only Power 5 conference with teams in the Mountain and Pacific time zone. Okay, well, that's all well and good and good for you for feeling that way. But, you know, in an arms race, if you can add quality brands, and this whole thing about how the Big 12 is useless without Oklahoma and Texas, take out the top two programs from any of the power conferences before the Oklahoma-Texas move, and tell me which conference isn't taking a huge hit with those two gone. Ohio State, Michigan, LSU, Alabama, Clemson, Florida State, USC, Oregon. They're all shells of their former selves. I mean, come on, just, just admit it. I mean, the way that people talk about this around the Big 12 is if Oh, the only conference where the big two go and the thing collapses. It would happen to any of them. Maybe, maybe not the SEC. And maybe not the Big Ten. But still, they're not, they're not top two conferences anymore, no doubt about it. 
Oh, my goodness. It's just crazy. So it's just something that, you know, we, we got to look at this from a realistic perspective. And everyone's looking at it from a destroy the Big 12, anti-Big 12 perspective. And that's obviously not what our intentions are here at Heartland College Sports. But George Klievkov, the new Pac-12 commissioner, has kind of been all over the map here on this. He should take the Big 12's call. He would be foolish to not take the Big 12's call, okay? He gets himself into a position where he can help drive the narrative, drive the future of college football, and be part of the solution. That's how he should be thinking here. That's what should be on his mind. And that's exactly how the Pac-12 should be thinking moving forward. You get into the central time zone. You get into the state of Texas with Baylor and TCU and Texas Tech. And you might say, well, they're still the little brothers to A&M in Texas. Yeah, they are. But you get a decent footprint there. You're still above Houston and SMU. And you get to tap into the talent-rich and football-obsessed state of Texas. Who would not want that? Who in their right mind would not want that if you have a chance to do it? And don't tell me that Baylor and TCU can't be viable Power 5 programs. I mean, these two teams were were national championship competitors less than a decade ago. You know, one of them should have been in the college football playoff, in that first college football playoff. They both dump a ton of money into their programs. They've got big boosters. And, yeah, Tech's been down on its luck, but it's a state university with the national brand. Not a national brand, but you know what I mean. It's got a big brand. They've been at the top of the food chain as well. It's been a while since the Mike Leach era, but still, nothing to scoff at. I mean, the idea that, like, you're grabbing a Texas El Paso here, right, or Sam Houston State or Stephen F. Austin. I mean, come on. That's the way people are talking about TCU and Baylor. And Texas Tech. And that's just not fair to those universities and those programs. It's not. So this is a move I'd be a big fan of happening. But with that being said, do I think anything is happening tomorrow or next week or before the season starts? No, I don't. I really, I think that it's it's over for now. This notion that, and I know that KU fans and Iowa State fans are going to want to say, no, we're going to the Big Ten. It's happening. No, I, I really don't believe that. It doesn't have to happen soon. What's the incentive to the Big Ten to making it happen right now? All right, so the other eight go to the Pac-20 or whatever it is. I don't think that hurts the Big Ten at this point in time. I, I, I don't. Yes, it's a natural fit to have Iowa State and KU in the Big Ten. And, you know, I'd be happy for those programs if it worked out. But it doesn't need to happen right now. And if you say, well, if the Pac-12 is going to grab them up, I think the Big Ten would say, okay, I mean, maybe it's a fit for us. Maybe it's not, but we're not going to rush to it and jump to it because the Pac-12 might grab them. The Big Ten should feel good about its spot. No, it's not going to be the SEC, but nothing's going to be the SEC. So they don't have to sit here and, and think about everything through that prism right now. And let's be honest, if their goal is looking at everything through the prism of beating the SEC, Iowa State and Kansas are not going to accomplish that. It's not a knock on those two programs. No one, I mean, I, you know, I'm a big 12 guy. Any, any honest fan base who's evaluating things would admit as much. There is no obvious response here. Unless the Big Ten did look west for a coast-to-coast conference, as some had suggested, by going for a USC or an Oregon or a Stanford or whatever it might be. That's the only way that you really change the game 
and you put the Big Ten potentially at an SEC level. That's the only move that they could make. Or if they somehow convinced uh, Notre Dame, which they can't really do anyway because of their deal with the ACC. So there's nothing obvious that's going to happen right now, and I think we're in a holding pattern here, okay? I could be wrong. This stuff is fluid. It's changing every day. But I'd be shocked, shocked, if there was any major conference realignment news at this point in time. But I'm glad that the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are getting to know each other a little better because that's the move that is very intriguing to me as we talk about conferences growing and getting bigger. All right? And I think that's a conversation that is definitely worth having. All right? As we look ahead to see what might be next in what has been an insane, absolutely insane couple of weeks. Speaking of all this, the AAC and its commissioner has denied, Mike Oresco has denied at AAC Media Days the notion that his conference conspired with ESPN to kill the Big 12. He said those accusations are unfounded and grossly irresponsible, as he put it. So that's what he is saying. Those are... His statements and his response after Bob Bowlesby said last week in a cease and desist letter and to Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports that he thought the AAC was going to try to poach his members along with ESPN involved in those conversations and making that happen. Well, what's Mike Oresco going to say to the AAC? I mean, there's nothing else he can say, right? Nothing else he can say. But I will reiterate, the Big 12 and the other eight teams are in a much better spot. Much better spot. Because as Bob Bowlesby said this week in front of the Texas Senate, the Big 12 could lose $14 million bucks per team without OU in Texas. At $37 million per team, which was the payout last year, that's still way above the $20 million mark. The AAC is making less than $10 million per team. Big 12's in a better spot than the AAC is. Don't deny that for a second. Big 12, even the other eight teams by themselves, a better spot financially, contractually, on the field performance-wise, than the AAC is. So the only way that the AAC was going to raid the Big 12 is if ESPN was somehow involved behind the scenes. That's the only way that would have ever happened or made any sense. And I hope that Bob Bowlesby does not soften up on us here. I hope that he fights this thing like heck. And I hope that he does not go anywhere when we have this conversation about, you know, what the Big 12 is going to be doing, standing up for itself, looking forward, seeing what's next. I hope that Bob Bowlesby is dug in for this fight. I think he is. Finally, he woke up. Someone woke him up. But um, we'll see. Every day could be different as well. Now, as we get closer to the season on the field, I want to take a moment out and dive into some of the latest college football playoff odds for the Big 12. Some of this uh, shocked me, really shocked me. Oklahoma leading the Big 12 in college football playoff odds, as you would imagine. No shocker there. Uh, they have the third best odds in the country. Alabama, the best odds. Clemson, Alabama's 2-1. to one. Clemson, 9-2. Ohio State and Oklahoma are 5-1 to one odds to win the college football playoff this season. So that's where they are at, and that's what they have going for them here, and that is not shocking. I mean, this is the year that Oklahoma, if it's going to get over the hump, at least get to a national championship game, this is the best defense this program has had in years. All right. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. It is the best defense that this program has had in a very, very long time, probably since pre-conference realignment, you know, the one from 10 years ago, that conference realignment. That's how good uh, this defense can be. And then you got a Heisman front runner and Spencer Rattler. 
and a lot of returning pieces. Eric Gray in the backfield, Tennessee transfer with Kennedy Brooks, great one-two punch. So there's a lot of reasons to be buying Oklahoma. But I thought it was interesting. Iowa State and Texas both have top 10 odds to win the college football playoff at 30-1. to Now, how is it possible? And I'm not saying this to knock Texas. I mean, there's been a lot of – I've gotten a lot of flack, emails um, from Texas fans and Oklahoma fans saying I'm being unfair around conference realignment. And I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to be. I think you can understand, and I hope that you can understand and appreciate that, yes, I, I can have issues with how Oklahoma and Texas handled its business. I also, at the same time, understand how they handled their business and why they handled their business the way that they did, right? I mean, I, I hope that you can understand the nuanced difference there between being disappointed in how it was handled, but also understanding why it was handled how it was. And I promise you this, when it comes to on-the-field analysis this season, I, I'm not – like, B. John Robinson didn't do this, all right? This is not the fault of the Texas secondary or the Oklahoma linebackers. Like, we're going to – and I'm going to fairly analyze whenever we talk on the field. I'm not going to go at the pettiness of, oh, they're leaving, so screw them. I can't analyze them. No, I, I promise you I will. And I hope that you will hold me to that. And I hope that also at the same time, uh, you will be under able to understand the difference in analyzing a team on the field and then understanding and debating and having an opinion on decisions made off the field way above the head of anybody actually playing or coaching in the game. Two very different things, very different groups of people. All right, so I, I do want to make that clear here as we talk about what's going on on the field. But how does Texas have the same odds to win the college football playoff as Iowa State? I'm not picking on Texas. I'm just wondering. Iowa State returns everybody. You've got, uh, I mean, the the defensive player of the year, Mike Rose. Got most of that great defense back. You've got Brock Purdy back for another season. Brees Hall. Unbelievable the amount of talent that's coming back from a team that won the Fiesta Bowl and made the Big 12 championship game and had a shot there at the end. And then you have Texas, who is looking for its quarterback, Casey Thompson, Hudson card, new head coach, new system on both sides of the ball. Yes, a ton of four and five star talent that's never in doubt at Texas. But I don't know how they can get those kind of odds. Now, the obvious answer is Vegas works on where the bets are being placed, right? And who's placing the bets. And yes, that does play a role here. I mean, if Texas fans and their national brand are betting their team, then guess what? The odds are going to get uh, worse and worse in Texas's favor. Instead of Texas being 60 to 1, you know, they're now 30 to 1 because they want you to bet somebody else. Hey, if you're going to bet Texas at 30 to 1, you better feel pretty darn good about it. And I would not feel good about Texas at 30 to 1 to win the national championship. I mean, I, I might look at it at 80 or 100 to 1, and that's not to be in a bad place. 80 to 1 is where UNC and Michigan are, 100 to 1 is where. Iowa and Oklahoma State are. So it's not like that's an insult. It's just the reality of the situation that should not be overlooked in this whole story either. So I, I thought that was fascinating, I would say, to say the least. And and like to keep an eye on those odds as we get closer to the season.
And before we wrap it up, let me thank you guys for the continued ratings and reviews. Um, we cannot, I cannot thank you enough for the great ratings and reviews. We are at 442 ratings on iTunes. I wanted to get to 400 before the season. You guys got us to 442. I got a month to go. Can we get to 500? Can you hit that five star? Could you do it? Take you two seconds on iTunes on your phone there. And if you do it and then also leave a review, I've got a free koozie coming for you with the Heartland College Sports logo on it. We still got a few weeks of summer left. You want to keep that beer cold, don't you? Come on. You want to do it? So leave me a rating and review. I'll send you a screen I'll, and send me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And I'll get you a koozie with our logo, Heartland College Sports, on it. The only way you can get it is through. You can't buy one. You can only get it through the podcast. All right. So I uh, want to thank you guys for the recent ratings and reviews. This came on Monday. A buddy shared this podcast with me in light of all the conference realignment discussions. Now it's a must listen. It's a great listen for Big 12 fans. It doesn't have all the ESPN or Fox Sports bias or bloviating. Well, thank you very much. Very great unbiased reporting across the Big 12. Very in-depth with information. Also, amazing show. Best thing is that he loves the Big 12. I listen to other Big 12 podcasts, more focused on how Texas and OU would fare in the SEC instead of what's happening to the Big 12. None of that here. Just a guy who actually cares about and follows the Big 12. And, yes, I am just a guy, and my name happens to be Pete Mundo. But I am just a guy, just like many of you. Or a gal. Either or. Doesn't matter. We love it, and we love having you here. Thank you, guys, as always. Have a great day. And please do take a moment out and leave that rating and review if you could. I can't thank you enough. That's how we beat uh, all the other big wigs, CBS, ESPN, Fox, The Athletic, on Big 12 podcasting rankings. You guys are awesome. Can't thank you enough. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Hit that subscribe button and take care.